Hi, I'm Sean O. McCarthy, founding editor of The Comics Comic, found wherever you can type The Comics Comic into your electronic devices. Welcome to Last Things First, the show that asks comedians about the historic lasts and firsts in their lives as their comedy careers have blossomed, from young people with dreams to adult people living those dreams, or still dreaming. Questions both big and small are asked and answered. It's hopefully both amusing and illuminating. This is a special edition of Last Things First, recorded live during Clusterfest 2018 in San Francisco. Comedy Central was kind enough to ask me to host a series of Clusterfest panels for the media that they called Fireside Chats. In this session, I welcome the Roastmaster himself, Jeff Ross, and two-time Roast Battle runner-up Matt Broussard to talk about the art of roasting, the development of Comedy Central's Roast Battle series, which tapes its third season this July, and the upcoming Comedy Central roast of Bruce Willis. So let's get to it! Welcome back to the Press Lounge for day three of Clusterfest and the uh, Colossal Clusterfest Fireside Chats. Uh, obviously no fire, but we have plenty of chat. My guests today are Matthew Broussard, who is a uh, two-time runner-up in the roast battles. Yeah, never winner. Never winner. Always the bridesmaid. Yeah. Uh, who is shooting a pilot uh, for Comedy Central. And the roast master himself, Jeffrey Ross. Thanks, Sean. Hi, Matt. Hey, Jeff. So, gentlemen, um, you know, since you both have uh, great histories with the roast, one long, one short term, um, I want to start with you, Matthew. Did you, did you start out as a co- comic thinking that roasting was going to be a specialty of yours, or? No, no. Um, I had before, so my experience with roast battling was uh, I had done one in L.A. at the mm-hmm. belly room of the comedy store and uh, lost pretty miserably. Uh, and I wasn't, I did it with a friend. I, I, I didn't think I was going to be good at it. I wasn't good at it and uh, gave up after that. And uh, when I did uh, New Faces in Montreal, this guy suckered me in to, to, to doing the bracket. And, uh, what did Jeff, what, Jeff, what did you say to Matt? To, I told him, if I recall, I told him that I thought he could win. I think, yeah, it was something like that. Yeah, I, I ran, I was, I was planning on, because I had won the first night against uh, Jack Knight because we both did horribly. <laughs> I just happened to do less horribly. Mm-hmm. And I remember I ran into him by the elevator and he was like... Because some people I'll just say, I think you'll do well, or I think you'd have fun, or it'd be good for you. But I actually told Matt that I thought he could win the whole bracket. And he almost did. Now this was, uh, at Montreal Just for Laughs, this was the year before Comedy Central filmed the first roast battle tournament the following summer in Montreal. Did you... At what point in that week did, did both of you realize that this was something that was going to take off and become something that you could sell to TV? I knew we could sell it to TV a year before that, <laughs> but TV didn't think so yet. Mm-hmm. But I knew that there was something there that was really special. And as the roast battle started to go international, they were doing them all over the world at comedy clubs. I thought, well, let's keep that international flavor in Montreal, where we, where I knew comedians from Australia, South Africa, the UK, Ireland. Um, I don't know if we had a, a Canadian comedian. We might have even had a Mexican comedian. And it was like, wow, this is like people can root for their countries. And mm-hmm. the Olympics were coming up. So I thought, well, th- this is really different and really special. And I always try to just enjoy the moment and not worry too much about TV. And then that was the weekend that TV sort of caught up with it. Comedy Central um, had the balls to put it on the air. Yeah, I, I actually remember seeing a different... Uh, stars and producers 
chatting you up in the lounge at the Hyatt, and I was like, oh, this is going to happen. This is going to be a thing. Yeah, we almost did a deal with uh, Lifetime, (laughs) but uh, they pushed out big time. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's not not an easy thing to air. You know, you have to stand by the comedians, and Mm -hmm. Comedy Central will, will do that. You know, there's so much apologizing with jokes these days and sensitivity and if you're going to do a show like Roast Battle which cuts deep and you really need to know that you're being backed up so this is a perfect place Comedy Central was a perfect spot for it what, what do you call it? I think it was like a, a safe space for hate speech <laughs> is that it? did I get it wrong? I don't call it that but I like that description yeah. a lot oh, like I can actually speak I can say things and not suffer consequences this is heaven yeah uh, yeah Bad, ta- bad taste is not a crime. Yeah. And sometimes it's hilarious. I think, I think another part of the format that was so... I mean, the second night of it in Montreal, I remember just... I was on stage, and it was just an electricity I'd never seen in any show in my life. And it was like, if you can capture one-tenth of this on the television content, you have, a really, you have a hit show, and you manage to do that. And it was really cool. And I think one of the things that's a big hurdle with airing comedy stuff is people tend to really go safe and go with known celebrities and, and known comedians. And Roast Battle is investing everything in people you don't know yet. Right. And it works just as well. It's, it's wonderful. It was, it was great for me as a nobody uh, getting to participate in that format. How did it feel then to then participate in a televised version of it? Scary. Um, it was. Uh, I at least kind of knew what I was doing. It, I was. I was nervous that it would be different. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. It was about the same as it was in Montreal. Really hot crowd. Same tastes. Matthew so. had a hu- huge disadvantage on roast battle because he's handsome. <laughs> like he's like. It's hard, guys. You know, no. It's hard to. It's. He's easy, an easy target because right. most of the people who do roast battle are disfigured and weird looking <laughs> or look like me. But Matthew had a, a unique angle and he was a great target and a good sport. He laughed at the jokes that people said about him, but yet he had brilliant jokes on top of that. How, how did it feel? Because I know both of you were involved in uh, taking the roast battle format and putting it into Pete Holmes's show on HBO, Crashing. How did right. it feel to... to to take what you already knew and put it into somebody else's format. It was cool. You know, Judd Apatow and Pete Holmes wrote that episode, and Judd had been coming to the roast battles. Um, He had come to see us at South by Southwest, and he judged, and then him and his family came to all the tapings up in Montreal that first that first uh, season, that first tournament. So one day in the middle of the night, I got a message from Pete Holmes basically asking if he could write an episode about Roast Battle. I don't think he asked me as much as he told me that they were almost done writing it. <laughs> and and I said, yeah, man, I trust you guys to do so. I'd already done a cameo on the crashing pilot. Mm-hmm. I have so many friends who work on the show. And, you know, comedians, it's like a... We're like a cult, a family. So, how, I, how how did they write in the script for the wave? Um, they definitely had <laughs> cut to wave does something crazy TBD. Oh, okay. So they did <laughs> let the three guys from the wave do their own. Yeah, thing. that's Jamar, Jeremiah, and Willie. Um, and I thought they they shot the wave really well. I actually thought the crashing episode uh, came out great. Now, of course, this year there's going to be another Comedy Central roast. Bruce Willis right. has been announced. Uh, is there a date yet for when this is? This summer. Now, you are the... Uh, so, 
let's let's go back. So, by the way, just this is an exclusive, Sean. Yes. Bruce Willis called me today just to tell me not to hold back and to tell everybody doing the roast to throw stones because he's going to throw stones back. Oh, nice. So there you have it. He's already a good sport, and the roast hasn't even started yet. Didn't didn't Trump do the opposite? No. <laughs> you know, Trump... Don't make fun of my hair. Don't make fun of my wealth. Uh, a lot of people say that, that he was um, giving us, that Donald Trump, when we roasted him, gave us guidelines, but that's not true. Oh, okay. Yeah. He might have laughed at certain jokes over other jokes, but he didn't hold us back at all. That was the one roast that I've seen live, and from what I remember... Well, there were some there were some pretty poor performances on the dais. Uh, yeah. There was a situation with the situation. Yeah. yeah. But then also Trump was. By a the hard- way, his comedy career was over that night. <laughs> the same day it started. But also the Trump was a Trump was a hard laugh. Like it was hard to get him to laugh. I spoke to him during the commercial break. Seth MacFarlane and, and Greg Giraldo had already roasted him, and they they were so funny. But Trump was trying so hard to act unamused. And I said to him during the commercial break, I said, if you can just pretend to enjoy this and laugh, we'll have something to cut to. Because right now we're just going to cut to the audience laughing at you. You want to be in on it. He sort of got it. And you can see him sort of loosen up after that. So for Bruce Willis, uh, you got the phone call today from him. Had you already started writing jokes the second that that he signed I look like Bruce Willis if he drowned. (laughs) So, yes. Okay. Because I know it's a very... uh, Sean, you look like Bruce Willis if he drowned twice. (laughs) If they found his dead body and then threw it back for a month. That's how you look. And let his hair grow out. Oh. It's like a South Park character came to life. (laughs) (laughs) You really do enjoy just... Making fun of Sean. Making fun of everybody, though. I mean, you're roasting... Clusterfest, you're roasting the audience. You, and you've done this for a few years now where you invite audience members up yeah. as volunteers to have them be roasted. Yeah. Do you, and you're also the one person who's carried over from the Friars to, to have the full, rich history of roasting. Do you get a sense, because I do, that, that the Comedy Central roasts have taken on a different flavor in recent years where it's almost... The, the celebrities want to be part of it. They, they feel like it's almost a way to, to get their careers to a new level or to get them back to a yeah. level. I know Justin Bieber definitely saw it as that way. Justin volunteered. It was his idea to get roasted because I think he knew he needed it. He'd had some controversies and some scandals and had gotten in trouble for speeding and acting like a brat but he knew he had this great album coming out and he wanted people to think of him in a new way in time for the album to come out and I think it did I think he showed um, integrity in getting roasted taking it well and public flagellation and then the album came out and the album was good so people went with him on it but in terms of Bruce Willis I don't think that's the case with Bruce Willis I think this one is more of a throwback to the classic Friars Club Dean Dean Martin Martin. roast Bruce Willis was roasted by the Friars Club before my time even uh, by Milton Berle and and those guys in, in Beverly Hills so this one to me seems more like a celebration of a great film career does it does it feel like it's getting easier to get people to take part in it 
I feel like they want to be the target even when they want to big stars want to be the center of attention even when there's a target on their forehead I think it's fun I think if you don't have a lot of baggage it's a great way to be on Comedy Central for a month of promos <laughs> and you know it, it's it's like you get to be in the zeitgeist for a while uh, and you don't have to shoot a movie for four months you have to sit in a big chair and laugh <laughs> is there any difference do you from what you've seen between celebrities who get roasted, the audience members who volunteer to get roasted, and then watching comedians roast each other? Or is it all just kind of the same That's feel? a good question. I, I struggle with this, because with the celebrity roasts, I say we only roast the ones we love. But then in roast battle, sometimes these people really fucking hate each other. <laughs> but I think they love the art of the insult. I think they, yeah. even when it's, I mean, Matthew could probably speak to this better. He's roasted friends and he's roasted people he probably doesn't really like that much. Um, but as far as the fans go, like when I'm going to do a cluster fest tonight, that is truly the definition of roasting someone you love. If someone's going to pay money to come to my show or stand in line for hours to go through security and then volunteer. Literally, I only take volunteers and come up on stage and just let me judge them by their cover, so to speak. To me, that's a great expression of affection. Now, Comedy Central, the roasts have also been known in recent years to kind of be a way to elevate Comedy Central talent. I know over the years... Uh, Anthony Jeselnik, uh, Amy Schumer, Whitney Cummings, um, Natasha, Nikki, uh, Natasha. Natasha. What is the what is the conversation that goes on with like deciding who gets the the young up and comer slot? Yeah, well, Jeff. And, and how does Matthew get that slot? You know, some of them, Anthony and Whitney, were writers on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's people who kill at roast battle. And sometimes it's just somebody who seems like they would have done other roasts or would do well. Matthew, I would love it if Matthew was on the roast, but um, you're just not there yet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Matthew, 30 seconds? You know what? We've already had two other pretty women booked this year. (laughs) (laughs) So to me, it's a little bit like the Saturday Night Live model where you come Mm. up as a writer and and part of the scene and you work your way up to the big game. Right. Um, It's fun when... when, it's fun when somebody new breaks on the roast. I remember being that person where everybody's like, who the fuck is that guy talking smack? And then if you have the jokes to back it up, you know, they'll go with you and they'll, right. they'll, 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 they'll laugh at you every time. They know what's coming. It's great. I love that. Those underdog moments, I still remember, I think Patrice went up and I was doing the whole dais and he goes to Jeselnik and who the fuck are you? Like, who is this guy? Who is this guy? And then Jeselnik goes up and I think he does one joke and you can see on Patrice's face, they're like, oh, this guy's good. Like, I'm a fan. This guy, I think they became friends and everything. That underdog spot, those people just... My first roast, themselves. my very first roast before they were even on TV again was in, you know, like, we were roasting Steven Seagal <laughs> at the Friars Club in New York. Were you there, Aileen? Was this one of the big ones at the Hilton? Or? Yeah, it was at the New York Hilton. It was about 1,800 people. I had my one good suit left over from Letterman show. <laughs> That's and a great Letterman set, by the way. Thank you. It's on YouTube if you want to yeah. look it up. Wow. And um, 
no one knew me, you know, I was just a young nobody comedian and Milton Berle brought me up with this terrible introduction to roast Steven Seagal and I, I came up to the podium and I looked all around the room and I looked at Steven Seagal who just seemed totally dismissive of me and I said, a lot of you don't know me but I feel uniquely qualified to be here today because I'm also a shitty actor. <laughs> And that's the, the underdog moment. Then, you, then you've got them. And, and roast battles, you see, it's a lot of times the underdog wins. Yeah. Like it was my, the, the last season was, I went up against Todd Berry, who was, who was a heavyweight, a, a beloved comedian, and I was a no one, and that gave me the edge to beat him. And then immediately I was riding high, and Frank comes in and destroys me because now he's the underdog. Yeah, people like seeing that. How long, how long did it take you, Jeff, from that from that moment on the Seagal Rose to then become fully accepted by the Friars, was it immediate or? There was that first roast where you go, uh, wow, that was fun. I think I did pretty good. And then afterwards you realize, wait, I did great. I wonder if I could do that again. And then the second and third and fourth ones were much harder because now you're on a pedestal mm-hmm. a little bit, your own pedestal. And also you wonder, uh, did I just sort of capture lightning that day or am I actually good at this? And now here we are, however many roasts later, and I go, I think I can hit consistently. <laughs> I'm still waiting. I'll probably, oh, never mind. I'm not going to hex myself. <laughs> How, is that, that sounds... The same as stand-up? Is it any different? That's a good point. I think you start to get confident where even if I have a bad, what I think is a bad roast, they can't tell. The audience can't tell. I know we have some press here. This woman doesn't know anything. She thinks I'm killing right now. (laughs) (laughs) Are there any questions from the press here? What did did she call Ivanka? (laughs) Feckless, feckless. I think she should be fired. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, have you, Jeff, have you ever, have, have you ever, uh, have you ever felt the need to apologize for any any jokes? You know, it's a good question, and comics struggle with this all the time. You know, Samantha B works for a big corporation, so I I, I understand. The, the trouble she was in, but I've never apologized for a joke, but I have apologized for hurting someone's feelings privately, but I haven't felt the need or the pressure. And like I said, the roasts are one of the last safe havens for free speech, and Comedy Central backs up the comedians, especially at the roasts. Um, sometimes they'll warn me before the roast and say, you know, this might be legally actionable if you say this <laughs> you know we say this or wear this because oftentimes you show up in in an elaborate costume the costumes uh the only time they ever checked me once was when i almost wore a cosby sweater to a roast uh but do you think he would do you think he would uh before he gets sentenced do you think he would uh, he would ever submit to a roast the Bill Cosby roast? Yeah. Um, Has to be clean. <laughs> you know, they're roasting Gloria Allred in a couple of weeks in New York at the Friars Club, and mm. I feel like that's going to be the in absentia cons- Cosby roast. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, yes, question from the man in the back. What's, what's the most savage thing you've ever seen on a 
My dream roast. Dream roast and most savage roast. The most savage roast was a Pam Anderson roast in 2005. The Courtney Love? A lot of you remember Courtney Love was all jacked up on whatever Andy Dick gave her in the ladies' room. Uh, and yeah, there was Cor a lot going on that night. Courtney was flashing her vagina and lifting her shirt up and and and... It was a benefit for PETA, so you thought somebody might have a might have a stun gun or something to put her down. But that was the dream roast or the savage roast. That was a, that was the savage roast, and you know, you know, the penultimate moment was when Jimmy Kimmel was literally holding Courtney Love down in her seat so that I could finish my speech, okay. and I said. Uh, Courtney Love, how is it possible that you look worse than Kurt Cobain? <laughs> Which, you just see her go like this. <sighs> and then she laughed. And then the next day she checked herself into rehab. So, roasting saves lives. What about a dream roast? Dream roast? I always say whoever's next, because I love this part, the process, the hype, writing the jokes, talking about Bruce Willis. Now, I, I, have, I have a dream roast, and I've told you about this before. I really think it, it would be an all-star celebrity roast if you got John Mayer to say yes. John? John Mayer. To say yes to a roast? Yeah. The closest we ever came was Matthew Broussard on Roast Battle. <laughs> you remember John Mayer, I somehow talked into being a judge on Roast Battle. He's, he's actually a regular judge of Roast Battle. He comes into the comedy store all the time and uh, will sit and riff with me when I'm judging. But uh, he judged the TV tournament. And Matthew, do you remember what you said? Oh, I said uh, that I got to tell him that uh, the, one of the reasons I started comedy is because he did he would riff jokes between uh, songs on his lab album, and I thought it was so cool that he could be funny while staying true to himself as a cocky, arrogant douchebag. Um, <laughs> that's a, that's a I good remember line. he asked me, he goes, he goes, okay, well, what songs are you going to play? And I was <laughs> like, well, you have so many hits, Jessica Simpson, Jennifer Love Hewitt. <laughs> It was, it was a great moment, and he took it well. well. He took it very well to his credit. But John Mayer, yes, that would be a great roast. Well, he's friends with you. He's friends with Attell. He's friends with Chappelle. Right. I mean, just the people he's friends with would make an all-star dais. I, I think. I think people. I think for a lot of younger guys, like John's sort of hitting his prime of his life. They want to wait until they're looking back, not looking uh, forward. Okay. And I think. I think that's the that's the part with with John that he's just not ready to look back yet. All right, I'll just keep asking. I hope he says yes someday. It would be a great roast. Matt, what about you? Do you have a dream person to roast? God, that's so great. Uh, Actually, let me let me. If I could roast anybody, I think it probably would have been Anne Frank. <laughs> Anne Frank. I think she gets a free pass, and it's getting annoying. Okay. <laughs> Very well. Are there any other questions from the uh, peanut gallery? All right. In that case, uh, I know you guys have shows to host and shows to roast. What show are you doing? I'm hosting the uh, Up Next Showcase in uh, room 415 at, I believe, uh, 645. Fun. Is that correct? Yeah. And Jeff will be outside roasting Clusterfest. So uh, go and see them and uh, support live comedy. Thanks for Thank being you. here. Thanks, Sean. This episode of the Comics Comic presents Last Things First 
was produced by Alex Brazell at Showbiz Studios. The music by Camille Harris and Shockwave, logo by Giggle Chick. Please check out my website, thecomicscomic.com, for more interviews, reviews, and comedy news. Become a paid subscriber at patreon.com. I'm your host, Sean McCarthy. Thanks for listening. Things first.